0: Hey, and welcome to the CCWC podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to be part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message.
1: Well, I'm excited about this year. I don't know if you could uh, tell that so far. Um, I have missed you guys the last couple of weeks. Uh, Two weeks ago for Memorial Day, I spent some time uh, with some family, extended family that lives up north in Ohio. And uh, then we were back a couple days and then we got to go to vacation, spent some time with some of my wife's family down in South Carolina. And uh, so we had a great time. Uh, Thank you for those of you who reached out, those who were praying for us, just to get have some rest. Uh, Certainly, it was a great time for family, and uh, we enjoyed our time together. I'm going to pray now for this morning's tithes and offering. The ushers will come, and then I've got some announcements as well. Father, we do thank you for this day. We thank you for these moments. We thank you for the fact that you give us... Uh, time, talent, and treasure. You entrust it to us uh, to be good stewards of what you have for us. And God, I pray for those that give today and, and those that don't. But I pray for this opportunity that we have to be able to give today, uh, that you would take the gifts that are given, you would use them for the furtherment and the betterment of your kingdom. God, at the same time, I pray that you be with us as we have in, uh, we have time, talent, and treasure that we don't necessarily give specifically this morning in this, uh, in this regard, but we have it. God, but may you help us to be good stewards of that as well, uh, that you would help us, Father, in all aspects and all ways. Uh, to honor you with our time, our talent, and our treasure. May you allow us, God, to be in the, in the middle of your will, to recognize you know, with clarity your, your hope, your goal, and your direction for our lives and for our church. In your Son's name we pray. Amen. Well, as the ushers do um, come forward, or as they do uh, pass the plates, I do have a few things I want to share. There's a lot in the bulletin, and I will encourage you, if you didn't grab one, to pick one of these up. Uh, on your way out today to make sure that you have some information. I know sometimes we make jokes about not reading the bulletin. I will tell you this. Uh, if you want to know what's happening, this is a great resource to go to. And certainly if you take a bulletin with you, uh, you can reference that once again. But in all of it, feel free to contact our office if you have questions about things, especially things that, um, that maybe are, uh, don't always make sense within the context of what you have in the bulletin. Um, so this right here, it's been a while since I've done the, the uh, venue host moment, and some of you are like, yeah, that's good. We like the other people that are up here, and I, I do too. Uh, this is a connection card. We want you to fill this out. There's a couple reasons for that. One, it gives us the opportunity to be able to connect with you, to answer questions for you, to get you involved and connected in a ministry. Or if you've got prayer requests, we'd love to pray with you, pray for you. If you fill this out and take it to the information center before you leave, we've got a gift for you. And we'd love to be able to connect to you, answer questions even today that you might have. Uh, if you want to fill this out virtually, you can do so. There's one on the back of your seat as well. Uh, this could be your first step to getting involved, to learning more about the church, to being Uh, involved in what God has for you. And so we encourage you to jump on board for that. Uh, just uh, three quick announcements I'm going to share. Not all of them are on here, but I'm going to share these this morning. Next week is Father's Day, so public service announcement for those of you, just to make sure you know. Uh, Father's Day is coming up. It'll be next Sunday. And one of the things that we did for Mother's Day was muffins with moms. It was an opportunity for, for you to have just a a moment of of uh, engagement with uh, with a mother in your life, whether it be your spouse or mother, grandmother, aunt or sister, whatever that might be. Uh, but we would encourage you to do the same thing for this holiday only with dads. So it's going to be called Donuts with Dads, and the children's ministry is putting this on. It's down in the chapel, and it'll start on Father's Day at 8 30 in the morning, and it'll go through the morning services. You can go between services or after second service, but it's just a time of fellowship to go and uh, to celebrate uh, your father in that regard. The second thing is, how many of you noticed the cross out there behind the second pond? Anybody? Man, it looks good. It looks so good. Um, for for us, it's not just a, a physical representation, but it's symbolic of what we are, what we believe as a church, which is we believe in Jesus. We believe in his sacrifice. We believe in his resurrection. And we believe in what he can and will do in the lives of those who are open to his leading. And so next, actually in the 25th, two weeks from today, we're going to have a dedication for the Reflection Cross. And it's going to be very simple. Uh, for those of you who normally go to first service and you're here right now, um, you'd Have to either come back or stick around. But after second service, we're just going to walk down. If you have to drive, you can. There's not a whole lot of parking. But we're going to walk down to the cross, and we're just going to have a moment of dedication. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for our community. We're just going to dedicate that cross to the Lord and hope in all aspects and anticipate in all aspects that God is going to work through that physical representation, among other things, in our context. And so we invite you to join us for that time. It'll be after second service on the 25th. uh, Just Right, right when we're done, we're just going to walk out these doors. We'll walk down there, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll stand around the cross, and, uh, and we'll pray. It's, uh, it's been an amazing thing already. I've already heard some really good things about it. The gentlemen that put it together uh, we're so excited, led of the Lord in that, and uh, just followed his will, and we're excited to see what continues through that. The third thing I want to mention is this. Uh, We are facilitating our third annual Disciples Who Make Disciples volunteer conference in August. And if you have missed uh, the last one or the last two, we want to invite you to join us for this. Uh, If you are a volunteer now, you are invited. If you haven't volunteered for anything yet, but you want to or you want to come to it, you are invited. The only thing that we need from you in the coming weeks, we'll have a registration form ready. But what we need from you is just that you would tell us you're coming, so we have the space and we have a meal for you because we do have lunch provided. But it's on August 26th. It's in this. It's in this building in this space. Uh, it's a great opportunity to come for fellowship, to learn, to grow together, to hear about the, the the mission of our church, what God's leading us to, what He's calling us to, and just to be encouraged in a lot of ways as well. And so we encourage you to be part of that. Uh, if you haven't already already put that on your calendar, just mark the day off. It'll be the better part of the 26. So make sure that you put that on so that you can reserve that as well. And the last thing I do want to mention is this, and I said something earlier when I was introducing uh, Jordan Miles, is that, that the kids, the youth kids are leaving for camp uh, literally this morning within the next half hour. And so I just want to encourage you, if you haven't already, to put that on your calendar to pray for them this week. Camp can be an extremely formative time in the life of a young person. And so we want to make sure that, that uh, we prayerfully support them so that they might be able to experience and to hear the voice of the holy spirit and at the same time have the courage to step forward in how god is leading them To do so and so put that on your calendar to pray for them They'll, They're like I said, they're leaving this morning. They'll be back on thursday So just if you if you can add that to your 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 prayer routine or maybe before you pray for a meal uh, To pray for those students and for those leaders as uh, as they embrace this time as well Well this morning, um As I said, I'm excited to be back. And sometimes what happens in the context of a week-to-week preaching uh, for me is I kind of get into a rhythm and I kind of just move from one to the next, particularly within the context of a series. But this series coming up, for whatever reason, having a couple of weeks to really think about what was coming, to really pray about it, and just to be open to God's leading has been so exciting, particularly even because the first week that we're looking at as we look at this guides and helps to holy living is embracing this understanding of God's true gift of rest. You know, we live in a culture at times that, that promotes work, 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 work all the time. And we look at rest, sometimes it gets looked down upon because it's seen as laziness or it's seen as something that's, that's lesser, but God has given us this gift of rest. And as we look specifically at the Guides of Helps of Holy Living, which are within the context of our Wesleyan Church discipline, they basically take the things of society from the scriptural point of view and help us to understand how to live those out. The first one that is mentioned, the first, the, the first point that they mention is rest. And you might think that's kind of puzzling. Why would rest be so important? Why would it be first? It's because of this intention and understanding that right there at the beginning, right at the start of it all, when God created the world, he intentionally created, he intentionally brought forth this season, this moment, this day where you and I as his creation, the inhabitants of his creation experience his good rest. I'm going to read from Article chapter 3, or article three uh, Paragraph 260 from the Disciplines. You can hear where these guides and helps come from, and then we'll move into uh, this week's understanding on rest. It says, To be identified with an organize, organized church, it is a blessed privilege and sacred duty of all who are saved and from sins and from seeking completeness in Christ Jesus. From the church's beginning in the New Testament age, it has been understood that such identification involves putting off old patterns of conduct and putting on the mind of Christ. In maintaining this Christian concept of transformed life, the Wesleyan church intends to relate timeless biblical principles to the conditions of contemporary society in such a way as to respect the integrity of the individual believer, yet maintain the purity of the church and the effectiveness of its witness. This is done in conviction that there is a there is that there is validity in the concept of the, of the collective Christian conscience as illustrated and guided by the Holy Spirit. And the following items represent historic, ethical, and practical standards of the Wesleyan church. While in its hope that all people will earnestly seek the aid of the Spirit in, in cultivating a sensitivity to evil which transcends the mere letter of the law, those entering into membership are encouraged to follow carefully and considerate and considerably these guides and helps to holy living. There's five categories and perhaps you saw them on the sign. I believe they're on the front of the bulletin as well. There's towards God, there's towards self, there's towards family, there's towards church, and there's towards others recognizing that within us as holistic beings, there's ways that we embrace, we engage with others. And today we start with this understanding that there's a way we are to live, embraced has posture we're to have toward God. The first guides and help to holy living that we're going to look at today is this, reverencing reveren- the name of God and honoring the Lord's day by divine worship and spiritual edification, preparing in those activities which contribute to the moral and spiritual purposes of, of the day. Before coming to Christ's community, I served in uh, vocational ministry as an assistant pastor in, in several different churches over the course of, of 15 years. And in that time, in, in the, the experience I had, in many cases, in most places, I served in youth ministry. And typically, as we're sending our students off today, there would be a a time, a season in the summer where you would go to camp. And specifically at the camp, you would have many different activities. You would have rallies in the morning or services in the morning, small groups maybe in the afternoon, more activities. You'd have an evening rally or service where there'd be opportunity for the preacher to come and to share. And there would be all these instances, all this opportunity to be able to engage in what God is doing, how he's moving throughout the course of the week. And I can tell you, as a student, it was a lot of fun. When I was a student in, in, in middle school and high school, I enjoyed my time. But I never realized how exhausting it was until I was on the other side of it. Right? For some of you as adults, you recognize, and I recognized this a little bit this past week, I went on vacation, but as an adult, is it really vacation, right? <laughs> and at camp, it was the same way. It was exhausting. And it wasn't until I was 11 years into youth ministry that I went to a camp and as I was preparing for this camp It was myself and the other youth pastors from the district We got together and we're walking through the schedule of all the things that were going to take place during the week all the games We were scheduling the speakers scheduling the ones that were going to come and lead in musical worship Doing all the things that were necessary And as we look specifically at the schedule I noticed right there at uh, one o'clock from one o'clock to two o'clock This thing that i'd never seen before on a camp schedule and it was called horizontal hour and I said, what does that mean? I mean, it was peculiar. It was a weird phrase even to begin with, right? And as I asked the other youth pastors, they said, oh, that's the hour where everybody takes a nap. The rule is you either have to, you have to, you have to be in your beds. You have to, everybody has to be in their own bed. You can take a nap. You can read. You can just rest. And I thought to myself, in the last 11 years, why did we not practice this hour of rest because I can tell you over the course of the next several years as I went to that camp and we embraced all the programming, all the things we had to do, that one hour of being able to just shut everything off, not have to worry about what this kid was doing, what that kid was eating or what that kid was licking, all you had to do (laughs) was just relax in your own bed, take a nap, read, just rest. And can I tell you, as I look specifically at that, and I look specifically at what God intends for us, for you and I to embrace, it's not just work, work, work. While he does want us to work. He does want us to embrace this, this gift, this concept of work. He also wants us, desires for us to experience rest. And in the society of hard work, the society that values career, the society that looks at what it means to, to do all these things, his desire is for us to embrace work, but to do so through a balance of rhythm with work and rest. Rest defined as a verb, to rest means to cease work or or movement in order to relax, to refresh oneself, to recover strength. Rest as a noun, simply just the noun itself is in an instance or period of relaxing or ceasing to engage in strenuous or stressful activity. To explore rest today, let's look specifically at the beginning. And as we embrace the beginning, we recognize that everything in time had to start somewhere. And the creator, the one who generated the start, is God himself. And as he created the world, he did so with intentionality. He did so in in dominion of specifically over the days that he itemized out for specific purpose, for specific reason. And if you read the the, the historical account of of him creating the world, there were six days intentionally where he walked through this creation. And then on the seventh day, he did something quite different. I'm going to read specifically in Genesis chapter two. And if you want to read along, you can. We're not going to have stuff on the screen today uh, because I was resting this past week and so I didn't put all that together for you. I'll let you do the work today, right? But it reads like this. Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, very simply. It says, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. And so on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it... He rested from all the work of creating that he had done. I want to grab some takeaways out of these two verses as we kind of walk through this. And we're going to look at some specific questions and what it means to rest, what it looks like to rest, how we're supposed to live. But let's first take some uh, just a moment to, to kind of digest this these two verses and this specific passage. First and foremost is this, God created rest. If you're taking notes, that would be a good one to write down. God created rest. It didn't just happen by accident. It didn't just come out of nowhere. It didn't just come to a point where he's like, well, uh, the calendar is going to look really funny if we have these. Six days and then nothing. So, what we'll do is we'll just put a day of of rest. No, God intentionally created rest. Essentially, the creation account could be defined almost as seven days because on the seventh day, God still created, He created this thing that we experience, which is to rest. In general terms, specifically, a takeaway might look like this rest was not an afterthought. Instead, God included rest from the beginning. It wasn't something where down the line, He thought, man, people are getting really tired you know, it's been a couple thousand years. I'm going to add in this additional thing. No, from the beginning, he recognized how he created us in his image. And in the same way that he rested, he calls for you and I to do the same. Sometimes we have trouble with that, right? You might have trouble with that just like I do. It's like, well, I've got a lot of stuff I've got to get done. I've got things I need to do. God, I'll rest when I'm dead. Anybody ever said that before? Not a great thing to do. I can't tell you from experience, I'm just telling you how it works. But I will say this, that God intended that from the beginning. A couple of weeks ago when we were at my parents' house, they're cleaning out a bunch of things and getting rid of a bunch of stuff, and they had this pile of stuff that they had in the basement they were getting ready to take to the second-hand store. And as it sat there, my boys more and more got more and more interested as time went on in what was in that pile. And eventually that pile ended up going in the back of my van and becoming the second-hand store, right? Before it did, there was a game there, Tank Battle. I don't know if you've ever played this game before. Warning, spoiler alert, terrible, not fun at all, but they got the game out. I came into the room and the game had already started. My son, my youngest son, he's eight years old, was playing with his papa, with my grandpa, and they were sitting there together playing this game. And as my grandpa, or my dad, um, his grandpa was reading the instructions as they went along, there were all these different enlightening facts that were coming out about the game. And so I sat down, I thought, I'm just going to give my son a hand here. He's, he's kind of getting beat a little bit. And so I thought, I'll just sit here and I'll play with him. And as the game is going on, I noticed that inside of these little containers, which was like the headquarters, there were papers. And I asked, what are the papers? And he said, oh, those papers are coordinates where you can do special things. And I thought, I wish I'd have known that from the beginning. <laughs> and as we went on, I, I found out that when you got next to another gun, if you were a tank, you could attack that gun. I wish I'd have known that from the beginning. And eventually we got to a certain point where I thought, you know what? I need to play this game again. Because now that I've played this game or I've I've watched this game, I understand the intentionality about it. I understand what was there from the beginning. I understand the point of the game. Can I tell you right now that God has already included this? He was intentional from the beginning. It's not a simply, hey, let's try to figure it out as we go along. God has made it clear for us simply in his word that he calls you and I to rest. Looking specifically at verse 2, it says, By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested. God finished his work. He's no slouch. He's not advocating for laziness. Continuing in verse 2, it said it should be understood that he had valued the day, the entire day, the entire season, dedicated to the accomplishment of work. And so in that, he recognizes this. Look, there's no substitute for it. In a microwave culture, there's no, okay, I'll rest for a couple hours well, I went to church this morning. Let me check it off. And now I'm going to go back to work. I'm not, I'm not, And let me just say this. I'm not trying to, to, to discourage anybody. I recognize sometimes our, our patterns and our schedules and our seasons of life will change as far as how work goes, but God's call is still the same. Verse three, then, as we read it, it says, then God blessed. That's a big deal. When God blesses something, that's something we should take note of. That's something that we should embrace. That's something that we should look at. We should recognize. Then God blessed. God blessed this day and actually set it apart from all the others. He set it apart from all the other days that he created, that he made. He made it holy and very intentional to this point to create this rhythm. And the question you might have is then why? If God, the creator of all, could create you and create me and create us with energy and create us in the season, why did he, why did he create us? Why did he even have to rest? What's the point? What's the reason for him even having to rest? And this fact brings us to the next section. We look at this God created rest. We ask, what's the purpose of it? The purpose of rest in some regard is found specifically, intentionally, and simply in the uh, the book of Exodus and in, in the, in the, uh, Ten Commandments. If you look specifically at the Ten Commandments, you're going to see some rules to follow and some rules to not do. And so as we look at this, we look specifically at chapter 20, Exodus chapter 20. And in verse 8, it reads like this. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. holy. And so let's look at specifically at some purposes. The first one is this. God created rest to operate as a pause from mundane work. He highlighted the fact that six days all looked the same. Six days were all the exact same thing. You ever been out somewhere, or maybe it's summer vacation, some kids might be able to attest to this, or maybe even some teachers in the room. You get to a certain day, you're like, I don't even know what day of the week it is, right? Because it becomes mundane. Everything is kind of the same thing. There's no break. There's no rhythm. There's nothing. It's just the same thing over and over and over again. So God created rest to operate as a pause from the mundane. The second thing is God created rest to provide physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual renewal. You see, he knew that we would tire. He knew that as fallen beings, that at some point we were going to run out of steam. And instead of allowing us to burn out or, to, or to, 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 to just collapse on our own, he said, look, I want to make sure you recognize that I can sustain you. I can bring you rest. I can bring you peace. And perhaps 2B and that same one is God provided this renewal through a day of recalibration. God provided the renewal. You see, that's the part that's most important about all of this. It's not simply about just taking a break or, or stopping our work. It has everything to do with allowing God to fill us, to bring us anew, to, to make us fresh and new, to, to be able to allow God's, the memory of who God is, of what God has done, the creation he has done, and the way that he has embraced you and I. It is God who brings forth this recalibration. Get this, when we don't work, we let God work. Can I say that again? When you and I pause from work, we let God work. We experience God's work. We recognize the power of God's work. We embrace the blessing of God's work. When we don't work, we let God work. And this is somewhat of a deliverance too, right? This is somewhat of a relief, Last week, if you were here, you heard Pastor Richard Meeks speak about these agendas and speak about uh, having it my way. Can I tell you that the the pride of work is a my way mentality? When you and I pause and let God and say, I don't have to do it. It doesn't have to be about me. That's us saying, okay, I'm going to humbly put down my pride and let God move in in this situation, in my life, in whatever I'm doing. It's it's saying, you know what? It doesn't have to be about me. It doesn't have to be about what I can accomplish. In fact, it's not about those things. It's about who God is and the way he can and does move in the midst of the absence or the void of the work that I can or I think I should do. It's not a me-centered gospel as Pastor Meek's talked about. It's a God-centered gospel. Hold on a minute! I don't want you to hear the wrong thing. So here's what I'm not saying: I'm not in, in saying that we should embrace the context of legalism. I'm not saying that you can't, uh, you can you have to sit around all day and do nothing. I'm not saying that, that you, you have to refrain from gassing up your car or turning on a light switch or feeding the dog or whatever your, your specific responsibilities are for a day. There are things that we should and have to do in a moment of rest or a, in a, in a day of rest. Rest is actually about. rest is about hitting the pause button. It's about hitting the pause button from the things that drain you. It's about hitting the pause button from the things that that maybe sometimes in your life define you. It's refraining from the things that maybe even bring you fulfillment to allow God to be the one
0: that fulfills you.
1: It could almost be considered fasting from the things that we do to allow God to indwell and to fill us in the person that we are. We might have to step into this day of, of Sunday and, and, and maybe that's the day that you can rest. I can tell you right now, sometimes Sundays, and maybe you don't believe this, but Sundays aren't always very restful for me. Sometimes I take my Sabbath on a Friday or another day during the week. I love all of you, but this is a lot of energy for me. <laughs> you may think, well, you make it, you know, you make it seem easy to get up there and blabber on about whatever, right? <laughs> it's work. But here's one of the greatest things. We can experience delight. We can experience delight in the rest that God gives us. We can experience a deeper embrace of God's goodness. We can experience joy through the pause. We can experience a rhythm of embracing this gift that God has given us. Think for a minute for a gift, about a gift, right? My, my son's birthday was yesterday. And all the gifts that were on the table, he got some things in the mail from grandparents. He had these, these gifts on the table. Think about it for a moment. If you would have taken one of the gifts and was like, I don't really want this one. This one doesn't really fit into my schedule. This one is nice, but if I could just tell you the truth, uh, I'd rather do it this way. I'm just going to set this off to the side. I'll come back to it when I'm really worn out. You know, the parallel doesn't really work, obviously. But that's sometimes what we do with Sabbath, right? We say, thanks for the gift. I'll jump back to it when I need it. That one vacation that I take every 10 years, right? Or that one day that I'll take off. Or that one day that I'll refrain from work so I can allow God to be the one that fills me. And God says, I want you to experience this delight in what I can offer through you pressing pause. The delight of rest is found in Isaiah chapter 58. If you want to read along, you can. I'm just going to read a couple of verses. Isaiah chapter 58, all the actions have results and consequences. And it reads like this. 58 verse 13 and 14 says, If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord. How many of you have ever experienced joy in the Lord? How many of you ever experienced a waning in joy in the Lord? You don't have to raise your hand for that. I know we go through seasons, and sometimes those seasons, if you really look at it, are linked with moments or seasons of stress and work. And I recognize there are seasons where sometimes you have a lot you have to do. You've got a big project going at work. You've got, you know, children that are in need in a specific area. There are seasons where that happens. But oftentimes that joy wanes when we don't allow for rest. Embracing rest helps, out, helps one find joy in the Lord. Embracing rest for you and I helps us find joy in the Lord. Can I ask you a question? Have you ever turned down the radio in the car to be able to see better? Anybody? You're looking for an address, you're looking for a sign, you're looking for an exit, and you turn down the radio in the car so that you can see better? Doesn't make a whole lot of sense unless you really think about it. The reason that that makes sense is because you have to get rid of some of the noise so that your mind can focus on what's in front of you. And sometimes we've got so much noise, so much stuff going on that we need to turn down the radio so that we can see better, we can experience better what God wants to do and can do in our lives. For you and I, I think the challenge maybe this week is to turn down the radio, to turn down the things in our life, to turn down whatever it might be, just one day a week, just one season during the week to be able to see what God's doing, to allow him to to move, to allow him to change, to transform, to move forward in our lives. And the final thing I want to mention is this, how do we then live? How do we live in light of what it means to embrace rest? Because in our society, in our world, it is not an easy thing. If we remember back to Genesis 2, it says, then God blessed the Sabbath. He set it apart. He made it a holy day, a holy gift for all of us. And here's the point that I would would make about that. How do we then live? We are to honor God through honoring his command and embracing his gift of rest for us. We are to honor God through honoring his command and embracing his gift of
0: rest for us.
1: I will say this, I did have some points today, and I walked through those as we kind of walked through this. If you're not a note taker, you didn't get all of them, even the scripture passages, I'm going to put those online later today uh, so you can jump back into it. But the core verse that I want to, or two verses I want to put with this, or three verses, is Hebrews 4, 9 through 11. It reads like this, there remains then a Sabbath rest, get this, for the people of God. For everyone who enters God's rest also enters from their work, or also rests from their work just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following the example of disobedience. Again, that was Hebrews 4, 9 through 11. Betsy DeCruz is is an author, writes uh, devotional thoughts, and in one of them talks about her season of moving, her season of moving from one place to another. And she writes like this, it says, two months after our move into a new house, it feels, it still feels like my to-do list never ends. I just keep adding more things to it, and how can I live the abundant life Jesus talked about when I run out of energy to tackle my list every single day? She's chasing her tail. She's always going on to the next thing, checking the next box. Now, Even if you didn't move just like she did, you've probably also experienced seasons when you've had so much to do that you end up exhausted and irritated and irritable at every little thing. And while the world calls us to hurry and to hustle, God calls us to rest in Him. In the face of constant pressure To do more and to work harder, God commands his people to observe Sabbath rest one day a week so he can replenish our souls and renew our joy. Not only that, but he also desires that we work with an attitude of spiritual rest and peace that comes from abiding in him because our work actually is better. The things that we do are more fulfilled, are more impactful when we experience rest with him because he is the one that pours through. He is the one that brings forth the power in what we do. And so here's the invitation for more peace and joy. Friends, if you are stressed out, if you are in a place or a season of work, and you feel like there's nothing you can do about it, if you're exhausted, pulled in 10 different directions, or anxious about how to get everything done, listen to this simple call of our God. Jesus gives this simple invitation. Hear me on this. He says, come to me. Can I, I, can it be that simple? Can it be that simple that that all God says is just come to me, all the things that we put together, all the structures of life, can it be that simple when he says come to me? His command is come to me and what? I will give you rest. Now hear me on this. Perhaps you're not where I am, but I believe this, this book, the word of God, to be a perfect message from our God. I believe every word to be true. I believe every promise to be fulfilled or yet to be fulfilled. And I can tell you right now, if you've experienced God, if you've experienced his goodness, you know that if you come to him and receive this invitation, he will give you rest. Matthew eleven, twenty-eight 28 through 30 reads like this, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and I will learn and you will learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy,
0: and my burden is light. Come to me, I will give you rest.
1: I'm gonna pray for us this morning as we we, we conclude this first week, but we jump into this new series. May we not do so and look at all the weeks coming up, saying, oh, here's all the things we have to do, but may we recognize what God wants us to be and how he transforms and moves us, not through our action, but through our pauses, through our rest, through our embrace, through coming to him. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the gifts that you give, sometimes the unlikely gifts, the things that don't always make sense, the gifts, God, that are so incredible, We thank you for the gift of rest, an incredible gift, one, God, that you use to transform, to to rejuvenate, to, to bring forth opportunity for us, not in some legalistic way, but to experience you through our lack of work, of motion, of action. God, we pray that you would continue to move. We pray that you would continue to lead, to guide God in our midst. God, I pray for each individual here, each individual that's joining, myself included, God, that we would experience you, not through what we can do, but what you want to do in us. May your spirit wash over us, God. May we experience a a rhythm of rest that brings forth an opportunity for us to know you, to grow in relationship with you, to be more like you in every way. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you have granted, what you have given us. Thank you for rest. May we take that gift. May we embrace it. May we use it. And may may we step forward recognizing that you've given the gift
0: because you want what's best for us. God, this day is set apart. It's made holy for you. May we never forget that. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for spending time with us today. Thank you especially to those of you who give to CCWC. It is through your faithfulness that makes this ministry possible. Also, if you have any questions about today's teaching or if you want to learn more about CCWC, feel free to contact our office, check the web, or follow us on our social media platforms. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we do encourage you to take a moment to subscribe and share it with friends. Let this be a blessing to someone else that you love in your life. You're always welcome to join us on Sunday morning for worship, or until then, we'll catch you on the next one. God bless.